Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shit-Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and freedom. In today's episode, we want to explore this question. Are there some industries that are flooded and oversaturated with new businesses? And if there are, what do we do about it so that we can still succeed? What does demand in these industries really look like when we have so much supply? We talk about ways that you can navigate this in your business right now and some ideas for what we believe has to happen down the road. If you're enjoying the show, we'd be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to theliberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey. Hello, hello. Oh, my goodness. How's the weather there? This has, like, been crazy like long winter here in Texas and you guys are over in the sun. How's yes, it going? It's incredibly hot today actually. So, okay. so I'm trying not to sweat <laughs> or turn on my fan in my office because I think it will ruin the recording. <laughs> so. I just think I need to get on a plane and come see you. I wish please, I could just please. see you. It'd be amazing. Yes. It'd be amazing. All right. Yeah. So I feel like we have a really good topic today. And the thing that we want to talk about in our episode today is really you know, there's a lot of sort of debate about, is there a lot of markets that are flooded, right? Is there so much competition and supply that we don't have enough demand to meet it? There, There is floods and floods and floods of people moving into their own business. There's so much saturation in certain industries. So is the market flooded? And if it is, what do we do about it? Hmm. I like this question. Yes. So this is interesting. And really, I think that when I think about entrepreneurship, I haven't read any recent articles, but I know they're out there where they've really um, shown the the numbers of people fleeing the C-suite jobs and just like different organizations and working for themselves. And I think, you know, in 2008, when the recession came in the United States, that was a lot of people were laid off. So they took their skills and they took their expertise and they created their own companies. So they were launching startups. They were going into consulting. They were coaching. And it makes a lot of sense. And people felt really empowered about that. But it kind of started this entrepreneurship um, trend or movement and um, that we're all going in that direction. And I think that people recently are starting to see a level of saturation, like how many more apps are we going to need? Like how many more startup companies are going to be pitching for money? Like how many more coaches are going to be pitching their their services as an expert in life coaching or health coaching? And yes. so I'm yes. curious to kind of dive in. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's some people who sort of have this idea that there's always enough people for whoever you want. And I'm actually in disagreement. I do think the market's flooded. Like, I'm an, I'm sort of a realist. Like, you know, I am very, very uh, surrounded in the entre- entrepreneurship arena. Like, you know, everyone I talk to on a daily basis, everyone I work with online, there's a whole, you know, I'm really able to see sort of the, the landscape. And having been in business for almost two decades, like, 
it's such a different landscape. Like, you know, so it's kind of like that, that amazing vista I have of seeing how much the world's changed what we're looking at, what's happening. There's, of course, always been competition. So we're not yeah. just talking about competition because that's always existed. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, there's always competition. But I think what we're starting to hit now is an oversaturation of certain markets. And those markets are, you know, really all the service industries. So consulting, coaching, you know, marketers, which are primarily some of the things that I work with, health coaches, wellness, co-working spaces. You know, like I think, you know, all of these things there's these trends and these this movement and and there's a lot of people trying to do the same thing. And so what do we do when I think in some industries we have more supply than demand? Mhm. Mhm. Yes. And it is it's an interesting examination, right? Like the supply seems like we've really increased the supply, which we were all very excited like there's more opportunity and more people offering this level of support. But, but where I think the question is, what's the demand really look like? Mm. How many consumers are able to invest in certain services that are out there? Are they, I mean, because honestly, a lot of people are holding tight to their pocket strings. Mm. I mean, a lot of people aren't really investing, even though in them, in themselves, in these products and services, just because things are kind of, I think financially people still feel insecure about their future. We don't live in a time in which there is a lot of financial security. I think in the previous generations, by the time people reached a certain age and they'd been in a business for a certain um, time or a company, they felt like they had their retirement worked out. They felt like they could count on things. We don't really have that at the same degree anymore. So you've also got that, that I think consumer market is more conservative Mm -hmm. often, but then it's funny because some industries, it doesn't seem like there is a, a, a limit. Like they're just people are throwing money left and right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Things. Well, and I think there's an illusion about this. And we obviously talk about yeah. this a lot. I talk about this a lot is there's an illusion because you see a lot of people who are like, it's so easy to make a million dollars. Like no problem. Just become a consultant or create an online course and a million dollars is easy. And, and so you've got this perception that money's really easily, that there's plenty of people who will pay you what you're worth. That there's all this stuff. And, and I think that these are things that are not a reality. So you're, you've got all of this marketing happen. And I think the marketing is part of the problem with the flooding of things. So, you know, you can take coaching industry, which is a good one, right? I've been in the coaching industry much longer than sort of coaching was a fad. And now you've got coaching companies and coaching certifications and coaching schools churning out coaches left and right. Then the coaches have, you know, they get out and they're like, I want to be a coach, but they have no idea how to do it. There's a flood of people offering the exact same thing that they're offering. There's no discernment. There's no clarity about, you know, what makes them different. And everyone wants to be a coach, which is great, except that we just don't have that much demand. Like not everybody in the world can be a coach. We it, like it doesn't work. Yeah. And I think that where this, are those that are being coached? Exactly. <laughs> gotta have enough people that are actually receiving the coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that some of these industries become very incestuous in that we're selling to the same people who are trying to create what we're creating. And then it's like, you know, there's this sort, sort of perpetuation mm-hmm. of it. And I'm, yeah. I'm running into so many people on a daily basis who have, you know, lost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars trying to, you know, follow these formulas and do what everyone says is possible and create what everyone says is like easy to create of your coaching business. Just, you know, do X, Y, Z and boom, you've got a million dollars. Like, and I'm watching them having spent some of them like up to $70,000 with no return. And it's crazy. And so I think, 
you know, we, we've really got to address the situation. So there's a, you know, there's a couple levels. Like we've got to say, you know, is the market flooded? Well, it's a debate, but I believe it is. So I think coaching's flooded. I think marketers are flooded. I think all service industries are flooded. I think products, there's quite a lot of product industries that are flooded. I mean, how many more um, soaps can we create, right? Or how many more yeah. skincare companies can there be? I mean, there's just, there's, th- there's thousands and thousands and thousands. Like, so I think we, we have to look at how do we address this? Like, what is sort of a, a big change that we're going to have to make down the road? And then what is, you know, some of the smaller changes we can make right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because on one hand, there's this really great kind of, um, plethora of new innovations, uh, as far as people are trying to bring their unique mark to the industry. Um, and actually let me back up a little bit to say, I think that innovation is still really possible and that might be the key because the saturation might be too many general reasons for people coming into a market. Uh, For example, um, I've noticed in coworking that, I mean, we were all excited to see more and more coworking spaces open up because then there's more understanding the the market um, education. People understand what coworking is. But then you're seeing a trend where people are doing more niche marketing, I mean, niche positioning. So they're focusing. I was always niche. I was always health and wellness as a co-working space. And that actually is one of the reasons why I'm one of the longest running spaces yep. <laughs> is because I've only been able to be open for 10 years where a lot of co-working spaces are open and closed because they were trying to be too general, yes. just like trying to meet the need of every entrepreneur that needed a workspace. So we do have to think about if you're bringing your innovation, if you're bringing another skincare um, product to the table. If you're becoming um, a yoga teacher, if you're becoming a health coach, you're, you've really got to look at who, and even psychotherapists are seeing that. It's, that's the buzz in all my psychotherapy groups are people really getting specific. Like, I only want to work with this particular couple, this type of challenge. I want to work with military spouses. I want to work with, um, you know, entrepreneurs of this. Like, for me, I'm even niching more in entrepreneurs. So yeah. somatic psychotherapy for people who are on the business journey, like along the, the entrepreneurship journey. So I think that's interesting that maybe the saturation was a little bit because of too, too vast or too mm-hmm. generalized of entry yes. points into the market. Yes. So the transition. Totally. And I think that this is, a, you know, one of those things I preach a lot, I talk about a lot, is that you have to own your lane and it has to be specific. You need a very specific target market, a very specific offer that's going to meet that target market's needs. You have to get more specific. And it's so funny because, you know, no matter who I talk to, all of these new businesses, they're all scared to go specific, right? There's like this, this such an illusion that if they're broader, they'll have a bigger market, they'll have more people, but that is absolutely 100% wrong. I'm sorry, but it's totally wrong. <laughs> Let me just collect. <laughs> I don't want to immense words about it. Like yeah. if you are a new business, even if you're in your first two years of business, three years of business, sometimes even your first 10 years of business, you are going to have to niche down. You are going to have to get so specific That is the only way to succeed in business these days. There is no possibility of being broad. It does not work anymore. It does not succeed. There's too many people being broad. There's too many people that are generalists. You can't do it anymore. And this is what I'm seeing constantly is that everyone's too broad. Everyone's doing too much. And what I see even in my clients is the more we niche them down, the quicker their success 
the quicker they get clients, the quicker they position themselves. Like it is so powerful. And not only that, you begin to own your genius, your specific lane, not just like I could do a thousand things. I mean, me too. I could work with any business. I could work with any entrepreneur. I could work with women and men. I could work with kids. I could work with every, like there's like, you know, like I could do a million things, but Mm -hmm. that's not what I do. I work on, here's what my genius is. Here's my one program. That's all I offer. Like this is what's so powerful when you really, really own your lane. And I think that is one of the things that we have to recognize. It's not just a, this would be nice if we niche down, like you will not succeed if you don't. Yes. Yes. Because then if you look at supply and demand, it becomes very different, becomes a whole different ratio because you're actually supplying a very unique offer and the demand for that is specific. So they're easier to find actually, because when you're trying to reach everybody and, and create your marketing content or whatever you're doing to reach everybody's exhausting. But if you know, and, and most of us, we're not going to serve the entire world. We know we only need this many clients in order. Like that's all I have the bandwidth to do. And so the more specific you are, you can find those clients more easily and you don't need millions of them. Like it depends yeah. on what's going on, but you may only need a handful. Right. And then, you know, that it is an interest. And I feel like maybe a little bit, of that mindset too, is that when people are coming from companies and they're coming from organizations that have served so many clients and so many people that they kind of missed that step that when they went into entrepreneurship to bring something unique to a marketplace and to fill a gap that didn't something that didn't exist before, then they don't actually have to replicate that same outreach that their companies did. They're not the big brands. They're not that kind of, you know, it's like, that's why you left that. And that takes a whole team. Guess what? That's why there was all these people that worked on that. (sighs) So we don't scale down our expectations when we actually shift ourselves into a whole new paradigm, a whole new way of being with our little, our, you know, our single focus. Yes. And I feel like I want to pull so many threads from what you just said. Like, you know, and one (laughs) of the things I think that's really important to recognize is this is another sort of trend I'm seeing and something that drives me nuts and something I speak out against a lot as well is that, you know, everyone's coming from this idea that I can just start a business that I want, right? I could just do what I love and everything will flow and money will come to me. And that was sort of this old paradigm that does not exist anymore. It doesn't mean that you can't still create your passion and you can still create something that's in your lane and you can't create the life you want. But what it does mean is if you are not meeting the needs of a target market, if that is not the core of your business, then you will not succeed because this is what I'm seeing happening. Someone says, I want to just do this. And they don't research a target market. They don't validate their offer. They don't go and say, well, is there a target market that even gives a crap about what you want to do? <laughs> like, And so there's nothing. And then they build a website. They spend a billion times on an online program. You know, They do all these things. And they're like, well, why isn't anyone coming to me? Well, because you didn't validate a target market. You didn't make sure actually someone wants your product or service. Yes. Like you didn't actually get into it. It wasn't about them. It was all about yeah. you. And we yeah. have to shift this. Because it's driving me nuts. Like business, the exchange of business. So if you don't want a business, then okay, you can you can not listen to this. But if you want a business, (laughs) right? The whole intention of business is I'm providing a solution to someone's problem. Period. That's a business. 
And if the problem doesn't exist, (laughs) the business doesn't exist. Yes, exactly. And so I think we've got it. And, you know, you can really look at this whole concept of what we're talking about today. You can really look at it in the trend of online programs, right? I'm a huge advocate for just letting go of online programs. I won't take on a client who wants one. Because it is like, you can look at it in terms of years and years ago, this was an innovative thing. You have an online program, you can scale up your business, you can create passive income, you know, you can look at things like Marie Forleo's B-School, you know, some of these things that, you know, years ago were like really powerful and amazing. Okay, so then what happens is we've churned out thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who've created online courses Mm-hmm. And like now the market's completely flooded. Everyone you know has an online course. I mean, seriously, if you think about it right now, how many people do you know who have an online course, want an online course, or are planning to create an online course? So what mm-hmm. happens is like so many of those people have not really dug into what their clients actually need, their target market. What do they actually need? Yeah. A lot of them don't need an online course. They actually need yeah. transformation. They actually need real help. They actually need some one-on-one attention. So it's like, instead they've just been like, well, I want an online course because I can fit and create passive income. So the market's flooded. There's no longer space for online courses. Like really, unless you are Marie Forley, unless you have a following, unless you have, like, I think online courses are dying and I don't think they're going to like last, even even for the big people, I don't think they're going to last over the next few years. So like it might know, be time for the next evolution of something coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, exactly. And I so I think that this is like a huge key. So then you can look at so many people have created this. They haven't really gotten to the problem solution for their client. They haven't really talked to their target market to figure out what they actually need, not just what they want to provide. And so there's this, and there, and most of them are not lane specific. So their courses yeah. are not specific enough. And so, right. you know, you've got this problem now where, I mean, and I meet, I'm not kidding. I meet people every day who've invested in, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars in learning how to do an online course and creating an online course in Facebook ads for their online course, no return. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's, it's, it's not knowing if there is a demand and often not really taking the time to understand your target market, your, your person, like who would actually want your help. Are they even the type of person that would look online for that? You know, like online business works for people that go online to source their information. And I know we have this belief that 100% of the population spends all their time online. But guess what? I'm not one of those people that consumes from online. I do my business online and then I step away. You know, I don't like to have to be constantly shopping online. I don't like to look for things online. Like my unplug is I go so I can go shopping leisurely and like browse the aisles and just enjoy seeing what I see. I'm still one of those old schoolers (laughs) that shops in real time. Um, And so there are lots of us out there. And so I wouldn't, I've never, I've maybe taken one online course and guess what? I didn't complete it. I didn't spend a lot of time and I felt really bad about about myself because I spent money on something that I never did. So that is an interesting piece right there is like learn where your people are. So be niche in what you're offering and then find out where those people, if you're solving that problem for them, where are those people? Yes. Where are they going to get support? Yes. Where are they going to find out? I mean, maybe it's from their doctor's offices. Yeah. Maybe it's from their, you know, best friends. Maybe it's the kid, their kid's school. Maybe it's from local fairs and conventions. Like you just got to, it's not, 
always what people think as far as where that person is even looking for help and looking for support. So that's knowing, like, don't just identify if there's a demand, but really get to know who it is that you want to work with and where are they? Yes. And it's, it's like such an important piece of like what I teach my clients because I can aim really well. Like I, I am, you know, a genius at nailing a specific target market and helping create a program around that, like a specific problem and solution. And that's great. I can aim amazing. I can shoot the bullseye <laughs> most likely, but I still make my clients go out and talk to their target market, like actually talk, not like I'm going to throw a post and see who might, you know, give me a survey, but actually have deep conversations with the target market because they've got to prove that what I think is right is right. And they've got to prove not only that it's right for their target market, but that's right for themselves. Sometimes clients are like, yes, it's a great target market. They go out and start talking to them and they're like, actually, this doesn't feel right. I don't like this target market. Like this is not who I actually want to target. And everything pivots. So it's like that, that whole validation process, that whole testing process, that measuring process, that actual reality, not just a guess. We've lost it in business and we have to find it because so many people are not succeeding because they're not actually going to the market. Now, there are industries that are really good at this. Take apps, like apps and, you know, products. Like there's certain, not all products, but there's certain apps and things like that where they do have this sort of testing procedure. They have this beta. They have this like, you know, like long development process where they're talking to their target market and they're figuring things out. And so, so I think in, in that industry, it's sort of more well known. There's some validation in it, but in service businesses in like co-working spaces and, you know, marketers, there's so many things that no one's validating anymore. No one's actually even has their attention on the target market. I'm like, that's the first step. If you don't have attention on your target market, close your doors now. Really, close your doors now. This is some, we're going to have some truth, <laughs> some hard, yeah. some tough love today. But if you have not focused on your target market, either get your ass out there and talk to them or close your doors. I like it. Get real with Sonia. <laughs> Tell it as it is. But no, I think this goes to the point that there's just too, I don't know, there's misinformation out there. Mm, there's the rose colored glasses. I mean, you and I love entrepreneur, entrepreneurs. We love entrepreneurship. Yes. We are these people. We, um, you know, we work with them, but it's just, there's got to be more it's kind of a realistic assessment of yes. whether or not that's really the thing for you to do. And I, I, you know, I think this is something you and I saw really early on in a co-working space where we were like, Oh yeah, we're just going to get all these people that want to launch a business. And they're going to yes. come in. Yes. Well, we were really quick to realize like not everyone is geared towards entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's not, it's, it's just not their thing. They end up not liking doing a lot of the pieces that it's just, it requires you to do when you own your own business. And they had been working somewhere where it was all done for them, but they wanted to go into working as a solo practitioner so they could take home more take home. But guess what? That means that you now have to do all the things that that money was going to pay somebody else to do. Yeah. And yes. so I think that there's a little bit of that not seeing the full picture and understanding that, you know, some of us are just like, I have always loved the journey and I don't know, the, the edge that I have, I'm almost, you know, wouldn't be, I'd be bored if I wasn't being challenged like this. Mm. And when I see other people that have that tendency like you and all the, a lot of other really um, amazing women entrepreneurs that are in the know and men, I'm just like, okay, they, they have that 
kind of mindset that's also going to give them that extra leg up because it's just like not everybody's meant to be the leader. You have to have the whole team. Not, not everybody is that person that stands up and leads that team. That doesn't mean that the team is less valuable than the leader. We're not talking about like a hierarchy here. It's just that like humans just need to be connected. We need to be working together, but there's so many different formations in which we can achieve that. And maybe there is a little bit of a myth that being innovative, being creative and being a leader even requires you to go out on your own and launch your own thing. But sometimes it's actually you joining another team or you joining another leader or you joining in some sort of collaborative effort. (laughs) Well, and I think this is a big piece of like, you know, what we have to talk about in terms of of what the big change is going to have to be. You know, one of the things that corporates got right is that they put people in their genius in different areas to work together as a team. And one thing we have wrong about entrepreneurship is everyone's trying to be a generalist or everyone's trying to do all these different things and all these markets are flooded. And so we don't have the kind of partnership and collaboration and teamwork that we could have. And I think this is the trend we're going to have to do. And see, I see this in my business a lot as well. Like I'm forming sort of a partnerships of people who are genius in their lanes. They're not trying to do my lane. I'm not trying to do their lane. I don't want to touch their lane, you know, but they're genius in their lanes where I can form this partnership, this team, this collaboration collaboration so that they can serve the clients that I'm targeting and that, you know, I can pass people to them. They can pass people to me. It's this great thing. And I think we're going to have to move to more and more of that. And that can't happen unless we're owning our specific lane, unless we're targeting a specific person, unless we have a specific offer, you know, it's not going to happen. And I think we've got to look at not just that, but, you know, some of us are meant to be entrepreneurs. We're meant to be like actually running a business. Like I'm not, not to meant to be an operator of a business, like not ever. Yeah. And you know that because like I, I, I had the vision for Soma Vida. I had the, I love the branding and here's what it's going to look like and here's how it's going to feel. Here's our positioning in the marketplace. And that's all worked really well. But once it came to operating it, I was like, I hate this. I hate this. Right? <laughs> I'm not an operator. I don't want to do things day. I'm a visionary. Like I'm the big picture girl, right? And I think we have to, you know, some of us are that way and some of us are the doers and that's a good thing. And so we've got yes. to look at how can we create a different reality? Like I know that I can create a business that supports women to have freedom, right? So even if they're working for me, they still have like an entrepreneurship. They can work from home. We can negotiate hours. I can support them. They can have stability. There's all these things that I can create for them that they can't get in corporate, but they don't then have to do the things that they don't like doing around entrepreneurship. They can do their thing. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that's the next thing. Working for entrepreneurs. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Leave the corporate culture to go find an amazing entrepreneur and write and raise them up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the beautiful things about that is that I it, what co-working has done is made a statement about that collaborative work mm-hmm. and and just the ba- the value of collaborative work over the individual is super important because we don't have to do it alone. And if you are an individual with your own business, don't just see yourself in a tunnel. Don't just put yourself in this one arena alone. Like look at every entrepreneur as a possible 
partner, as a possible collaborator. Mm. Stop trying to do it all alone. And then there's can be there can just be some really beautiful, I think, evolutions that come out of that. And yes, I think more and more people should be well, this kind of goes back to if entrepreneurs niche more, meet a demand in the market, they're becoming more successful, they employ people that are able to have the lifestyle of and freedom of what they might have been seeking in entrepreneurship. But like you said, they get to be a part of really an entrepreneurial team. And I think maybe we're just emerging on what that looks like, what that feels like, because we're not, we kind of go black or white. Like I'm either the individual rugged individualism that the U.S. loves, doing my own thing and planting my own stake in the ground, or I'm over here chained to a cubicle working for the man, you know? Yeah. It's like there's so many different variations, and right. uh, that's it, maybe what's And evolving. I think this is ego, right? Like, we all think, oh, you know, I can just do a better version of what that person is doing, and I can do a better yeah. version of what that person's doing. And then it's like yeah. all ego, instead of us looking at how can we contribute to what someone else is starting yes. to create. So, you know, I mean, some of us are entrepreneurs. Like, I can't imagine not being an entrepreneur, but I've been doing this for two decades. Like, this actually is who I am. <laughs> like, it's not just yeah. like an idea I have. So I think, you know, some people really are not entrepreneurs and I see them and I work with them and I'm like, you're not an entrepreneur. That's just not, it's just not yes. where you go. And that's okay. Nothing yes. is wrong with that. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make something wrong with you. It doesn't make you a failure. It means you know what you can, like your gift, your contribution to someone can be in valuable. The impact you can make by being a part of someone's organization can be more powerful than the impact you can make by yourself. And that's what I keep saying, like being in a co-working space where I was before, I could see this constantly. All these amazing people were watering down their impact because they're trying to be like everyone else, because they're trying to do what everyone else is doing, because they're, they're putting themselves in a market that's flooded. And instead yeah. of like, being that genius and where their their contribution can be so impactful and they can still create the life they want. Instead of doing yeah. that, it's like their their you know idea is either I have to be this general entrepreneur like everyone else and that's no impact, or I have to be in, you know, in a corporate, which I hate the environment. It's like we're we're seeing all this black and white and we have to shift that. There is new creations, new evolvements, new innovations of what we can create that is so much better. And we've got to start doing that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I just almost now I have chills and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like dreaming because, and I think I want to bring it back to the emotional piece of that. So there's no, I don't want there to be any shame for those that have gone the entrepreneurial path to just say, you know what, maybe this isn't for me because it isn't like you said, it's not about, I think we just have this, what's the word? Like we've put on kind of entrepreneurship is the new black. Yeah. It's like the new thing to do. It's the yes. new thing to be yeah. right. And if it's not your thing, but you want to be an innovator, you want to be a leader, you want to be a creator. There are places for you on other people's teams, on yeah. other people's projects. 
that you can go and deliver your genius, just like you said. And there's no shame in not being that solopreneur, like out on the, you know, trailblazing <laughs> alone. And you're just like, you got your water bottle and your part. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, that again is just like this glorifying some sort of sacrifice, right? Oh. Like I, I'm not really a leader unless I go out <laughs> into the, into the know, wilderness, the desert, into the wilderness, like Brene's. Yeah. Cause what does Brene say about the, the thing about the wilderness is that there's other people in it. Yeah. There's other people in it. And yes, it's hard because you've got to brave that wilderness, but you can brave wilderness in your own leadership style. Yes. Leadership does not equate entrepreneurship. Yes. You can find your, your leader. You can apply that skill in yes. so many different ways. And we need it in every area. We need leadership. In every yes. single area, we need leadership in the garbage man. We need leadership in every single area, but like no one wants yeah. to do anything anymore. Everyone just wants to right. be these high level consultants, raking in the money, you know, sitting on, sitting on the beach, having the life that they want where I can just go on anything. It's like, it, that's impossible. Not everyone can have that. Like I, you know, and I think like such the, such the example, like one, I, there was this post on social media one day where it was like, you know, how many of you are planning to make a million dollars this year? And there was like a thousand <laughs> comments. I'm like, if one of you makes it, I would be really interested to see that yeah. because it's like, this, yeah. there's so much illusion that everyone can have it and it just doesn't exist. So we all need to find where is our lane? Where is our leadership? How can we have the most impact. And that is not always an entrepreneurship. It might be for you, but it might not be for you. And I, I always like to look at the example. Like, I think my husband's a really good example because, you know, I love you, honey. Thanks for letting me throw you on the bus constantly on our podcast. But, but you know, not, not really. But, you know, he, he tried to start his own business. And the thing is, is that it wasn't fulfilling for him. Like, I don't think it, it's where, it's not where his lane is. He's so good with teams. He's so good with lots of income to manage, like lots of, you know, sort of money to move around. You know, he's a finance guy. Like, and he's, he's such a good team leader that like being a solopreneur is like not where his genius is. Like he needs yeah. a team. He needs a team that he can move around. He needs a team he can lead. He needs a team he can move. He's so good. And so I think, you know, that's the piece is we have to stop looking at sort of this grass is greener if we're an entrepreneur because not everyone's meant to be that and that's totally okay Woohoo! like yes. it's okay. <laughs> could let that go stop putting pressure yes yeah and then we'll start seeing more of i mean i just think what we're talking about is seeing people find their lane, like they yeah. more their genius and not everyone just kind of following the crowd and following the trend it's like really think about it like think about what you're wanting. And guess what? If you do want to be an entrepreneur, I recommend you think of five entrepreneurs that you know right now and you go set up a coffee with each one of them and ask if you can hear honestly, not the, not the <laughs> rose colored version, yeah. not the edited version, yeah. but people that you trust to tell you the truth and just say, Hey, I'm just, I'm thinking about this and I'd love to hear what it's been like for you and just the truth of that. I, I, I'm looking to kind of look beyond the, behind the veil. Yeah. And I think that if we'll start talking about it with each other, I mean, nobody, to be honest, nobody could have, I could have peeked behind the veil and seen everything and you wouldn't have been able to keep me away from it. That's yeah. just, I was going to do it. Yeah. going to do it. But for some people, they need to see behind the veil because you know what? That's actually, they thought it was this. Yeah. I didn't think it was that. Yeah. And then we don't, 
want you to invest all this money and all this time and this energy into something that you thought was this and it was really that. Yeah. And this is the thing. I think this, this idea, you know, there's such an illusion and it just came out like years ago where it was like, just do what you love and the money will follow. Do everything you love and it will be easy. And like, this is BS. Don't listen to it. Don't listen to those messages. Like as an entrepreneur, you have to work hard. As an entrepreneur, you're not always going to do things you love. As an entrepreneur, no matter where you are, no matter what you're creating, sometimes it's just going to suck. And there's just no way around that. Like, so we got to get to more of the truth of that. If you don't care about that, in spite of that, you have a such a strong mission and motivation fantastic go for it but if you have this idea that it's just all going to be easy and you can just do what you love and you don't have to spend any time doing anything else and you can just work a few hours a week and bring in lots of money nope entrepreneurship is not for you so you know we really have to get real about this because I do believe the markets are flooded, you know, and if this is your passion, if you absolutely know you have to be an entrepreneur, then you need to get more specific. You need to own your lane. You need to learn to look at the problem and solution with your target market and you need to learn to collaborate. This is where we're going to have to go. Mm, Agreed. I like it. I like this. This episode of Get Real with Sonia. (laughs) (laughs) I feel very strong about these messages if you haven't noticed. (laughs) Well, I think that you're seeing the pain points of your clients. You know, you're working with a lot of these women. I I know you well enough to the, you get upset and you get protective (laughs) uh, when you feel like people you really care about are being misled. And there's some of that going on in our current media and like the Mm. way that, that entrepreneurship is sort of celebrated and not fully fully seen. And yeah. And I also think, um, one piece that I'd like to thread out maybe on a future episode is that the truth behind the mental health and what really Mm. is going on. And I think that's another thing. We just kind of tell the bright, shiny stories. And there are a lot of entrepreneurs that struggle with depression and anxiety, and there's a stigma and they don't talk about that. This is a type of path that pushes them to their edges emotionally. And we do have a higher rate of of developing mental illness just because we are putting ourselves in in such duress. I don't think we have to um, put ourselves in such stress, um, but we are at risk. And Mm. that's something we want to pull the veil and just like help people see what they're really choosing, what they're really the road they're going down. And then if they choose it, guess what? They've got you and me on their side over here. Totally. And in their corner, yes. so they don't have to do it alone. <laughs> um, but I just think people need to be a little bit more, yeah, um, o- open-eyed, right? Yes. A little yes. bit more aware. Yeah, and I think that's a great a great thread to pull as well because I think we do have to, you know, address the mental health of ourselves, the well-being, and and really, you know, are we even ready for this entrepreneurship journey? Because I think a lot of people take it before they are. And so, you know, I think these are really some really good topics. So thank you for joining us today and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.